Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn Miles with the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) We were just talking about how I have an allergy to peppermint. And I just told Dan, I said, Dan, I can't eat candy canes. And he was like, that's so sad. And Cassie's point of view was, who was in the studio, was like, they're not that great. That is like an abomination that you said that. Candy canes are the bomb. But that's what I used to get for Christmas when I was younger. We were poor. So we got candy canes and, and oranges. And so did Dan. Hey, did you get um, walnuts that you could crack? Pecan. Pe- Wait, is it a pecan? <laughs> Do you crack those with like the nutcrackery guy? Yeah. This is not a Christmas show. I just have a lot of questions. <laughs> this is not a Christmas show. Anyway, <clears throat> having fun in the studio today. lighten it up a little bit. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. Guess what, guys? Um, This is a listener-supported show. Listener-supported. And we we need your support. We need your support uh, to stay on the air. Um, It's so incredible when someone gives. I think we we definitely give away books. I think of gifts of $100 or more. Um, We would... Be so honored if you would support um, the show. This even goes to podcasting. You know, I know podcasts are free and you can listen to them and they're great. And that's why everyone has one. (laughs) But those of you guys that are listening on the podcast, you know, if you've ever thought, man, here I have extra money. Who should I give it to? We'll take it. We'll take it here Uh, because it really is. It's expensive to run a daily show. Very expensive, especially on such an incredible network. We're so blessed to be with Salem. We're so blessed to be with the word. Um, but we really do need uh, gifts in order to uh, to, get, to just sustain what we do. It's, it's a big deal. Also, for all my podcasters out there who we L-O-V-E love, love you so much. Um, we if, if, if you find yourself listening to our, our show a lot, would you do me a favor? Like pretend like we're we're having coffee and you've got your latte and I've got my little whatever. Um, I'm personally asking you to write a review. Okay. Um, we we have not done, and by we, I will take 100 percent responsibility for this. I have not done a good job about asking for that. And it really does make a difference um when you just take two seconds and go on iTunes and write a review. We know you guys are watching because we see the amount of downloads that you guys are that are that are happening. Um, we would be super, super, super honored if you would give us a score um, five to one or whatever it is, a star and um, well, more than one star. We'd like more than one star. But if that's what you think, we'll take it. OK. Um, and you would write a review for us. Love you guys so much. I want to talk to you today about expectations. Um, expectations is one of those things that can get you in big time trouble. I expect God for you to do it like this. My title today is don't hold God to your expectations of how he should do things. 
Now, to all of my very practical thinkers out there, I'm not a real practical thinker. I can't be really practical. I have to with 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 my job. There is an element of practicality to my thinking. However, um, I'm not really practical 50% of the time. But to all my practical thinkers out there, we can look at God and say, I need money. So God, please give me a raise at my job by Tuesday. And we can pray for a raise in your job, at your job by Tuesday. And we expect God to give us a raise at our job by Tuesday. And if we do not get, we'll pray about that. And if we do not get that raise at our job by Tuesday to help us with the mortgage payment that is coming, you know, some of our practical thinkers like pay it like three months in advance. Um, that next week, whatever it is, it will tank our faith. I'm just going to be honest. I have surrounded by a bunch of practical thinkers because in, in doing the ministry, we have like 15 of them on our staff. So, I'll, you know, a lot of times God, God will give me a vision and then it's like, okay, guys, this is what God's told me to do. You guys go make this happen. And then it's such a beautiful gift what these practical thinkers think. And they say, okay, well, X needs to happen. Y needs to happen. We need funding for this. We need to think it. We need to, we need to book a date this far out, you know, whatever, whatever. And there is such a beauty in my, um, my practical thinkers. However, we have to understand that God does, he, he knows when we're built to think more like that, but he also wants to challenge that thought process because he wants to show you something greater than you can even think, okay? Now, let me take that same scenario and let me switch it up for you guys a little bit. Lord, I need money to pay my mortgage in two weeks. Rather than praying, God, you and you can pray this, but I'm I, I, the the whole message of the show is don't hold God to your expectations of how He should do things. What if you don't get the raise on Tuesday at your job to help with with the mortgage, but maybe on Thursday, two days later, your parents decide to send you a, a, a check for $1,000, $2,000, and just saying, hey, we love you. We just wanted to help. God wants to do something when we have a need in our lives. He wants to do it according to how he wants to do it. He knows the areas that you need to grow in. And when we hold him to our expectation and when he doesn't operate based on how we think he should operate and our faith tanks and our trust tanks and we stop praying all of a sudden, if we just would have taken our hands off and said, you know what, God, I need money to pay my mortgage. I don't know how you're going to do it. But whatever way you choose to do it, I trust that you will do it because you have you have promised me to supply all my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Do you get where I'm going with this today? Do you get where I'm going with this? Okay, good. I'm, I'm imagining that you are all shaking your head. 
This thing, expectation, when we expect God, sometimes even unknowingly practical thinking people, sometimes you guys don't even know. And I'll lump myself into that because I can I can also hold God to a timetable as well. That's one thing that I've definitely done a lot in my life. Sometimes even unknowingly, when we expect God to operate on human terms, it can be dangerous. It puts us in bondage and we don't even know it's happening. Let's let's do another example. If I expect my future husband or your future husband, because I've been married for a minute, hot second. Um, if I if you are expecting your future husband to be six two with dark eyes and dark hair, and you expect God to come through at this specific time, God, I want to be married by the time I'm 40. I expect God to provide this job. I expect God to give me a husband that's 6'2 with dark hair and um, dark eyes. And then when it doesn't happen, God doesn't work according to your agenda. Um, Your faith suffers. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. A lot of times Satan will jump on that opportunity, just like he did with Eve. To say, hey, guess what? God didn't come through. Did God really say that? God, didn't. he'll start questioning all the characteristics of God when all you needed to do from the beginning was simply expect God to take care of your needs. I um, I love this passage of scripture. I've talked about it a lot. I want to go to Luke 24 with you guys today, and we're going to pick it up in, in verse 13. And behold, two of them... We're going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other all about these things which had taken place while they were talking and discussing. Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. These are a couple of guys on their road to Emmaus. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? As soon as they stood still looking sad, one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, of course, this is Jesus talking to them. And he said to them, what things? Jesus played stupid right there. And they said to him, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. Hang with me. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things have happened. But also some women among them, among us, amazed us. When they were at the tomb this morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had only seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Um, I want to stop right there because I could move on, but here we have two guys that are traveling to Emmaus. This is the third day, like it says in the text. So this is post-resurrection. And the way we know it's post-resurrection is because they're not just chatting with some dude that decided to walk with him on the road to Emmaus. They were chatting 
with Jesus Christ himself. I find this story so incredibly convicting and so incredibly relevant when we talk about expecting God to do things our way. When is very clear in the dialogue here between um, the guys on the road to Cleopas, the guys on the road to Emmaus and Jesus, they, um, they, they were so sad is what my text actually says in the NASB. They were so sad because here is this guy that they had put all of their hope in, all of their trust in. They, they really valued the fact that they believed that he was going to be the one that, uh, that, was going to redeem Israel is how they put it. And here they had just watched him die on the cross. And immediately the expectation of who Jesus was, was completely killed with him. They thought that Jesus was going to come in and he was going to do things uh, one way. He was going to redeem Israel. Who knows what they actually were expecting him to do? Who knows the rules and the guidelines that Cleopas and the guys on the way to Emmaus actually were, um, were imposing on the Lord of how he was supposed to redeem Israel. All we know from the text is that Jesus didn't operate exactly the way they expected him to. And it's fascinating to me that they had no idea that the same Jesus that they were not expecting to die on the cross, they were not expecting him to be um, submitted to the authorities of that day, was staring them in the faith face. The proof that Jesus was exactly who they expected him to be was talking to them in human form. But because it wasn't the way they thought it should be done, they didn't believe. I have to uh, believe that this Cleopas dude was probably a practical thinker. And he thought practically Jesus Christ died. So practically he cannot be the one to redeem Israel. I want, I, I know that Jesus appeared to these men and women because it says there was women that were traveling along with them um, to challenge the very fiber of their belief on how God does things. God does things his way, not according to what we want, not according to what we demand or command him to do. He does them his way. And I'm so grateful that he does them his way because I don't know about you, but I want to be challenged in my faith. I want to God to show up and stare me in the face when I was hoping he would return or, or, or do things my way. I want, I need someone to worship in, in um, the person of Jesus that is greater than me, that thinks higher than me, whose ways are so mysterious. I can't even wrap my brain around him. I need to follow a leader. Um, that is Jesus Christ that thinks outside my human box. And that is exactly what happens here on the road to Emmaus. Let's continue the text. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he, Jesus, said to them, oh, Foolish men, yikes, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, 
beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is nearly over. So we went in to stay with them. Um, I want to move on, move down um, just a little bit. Verse 31 says this after he went in and ate with him, then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining to us the scriptures. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together with the 11 and those who were with them saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. Um, so many different things that I could go in, but I, I, oh my goodness, this text is just, is just pregnant with possibility. Um, but I want to go back to this post-resurrection. Jesus joins his people. Post-resurrection. They're completely depressed, discouraged, Sad is what the text says post-resurrection. I mean, just truly imagine the heartbreak where they had been, um, they had watched all the different miracles that Jesus had done. They had, they had, they had watched him come in and really transform um, the culture. They, they had given people hope. They had given people who had lost loved ones hope by resurrecting them from the dead. They had healed people that had been um, blind since birth. He had done so many different things. And so they, as they watched him operate, they began to believe that he, in fact, was the one um, who would redeem Israel. But it's very interesting to me um, as he was healing people, as he was raising people from the dead, no one, he, he always has done the unexpected. I know when he and the disciples went to Lazarus tomb that no one, Mary and Martha, no one believed that Jesus was going to say Lazarus come forth and he was going to walk out in his grave clothes. No one believed that they were all lamenting and mourning over Lazarus because they thought that the ho his hope had died. But here he stands. Death stands face to face with life. And Jesus says, Lazarus come forth. He was always about doing the unexpected thing in an unexpected way. He showed them that day. It wasn't just about healing. He was about raising the dead to life. He had always done things unexpected. So it's very interesting to me that because they had watched him do many things unexpected throughout his whole ministry career, why in the world did they think when he died, he was going to do it, uh, he was going to redeem Israel the, the expected way? Sometimes we can watch God work in our life and work in other people's lives. And, and he always is doing, doing the unexpected. He's providing things from unexpected places. But then there is just something that may be too far gone, um, just like Jesus' death was on the cross. Maybe he's too far gone. He's just too dead to redeem Israel now. He's just too dead. He's just too gone. Maybe we look at our own circumstances and we were expecting God to work the way we wanted him to work. And then he comes and stares us in the face like he did the men on the road to Emmaus. Understand this. 
Jesus never worked the expected way. And he doesn't do that today either. We are in bondage to our own expectations, which is why I said in the beginning of this broadcast that it is dangerous. His ways are higher. His ways are greater. Every miracle in my life that I have ever wanted has never come uh, the way that I actually prayed it. Now, God may work that way, and he definitely He definitely can. But often, more times than not, let me d- bring a disclaimer so you don't send me emails. More times than not, he answers our requests and meets our needs in the most unexpected places. I remember one time God was telling me, Autumn, I want you to go check the mail. And my husband and I had a financial need at the time. And it was super weird because who sends stale mail these days? Um, Bills. That's it. That's it. And like the little flyers that, you know, the dentist sends out. That's it. Um, I don't. I haven't sent. Actually, that's not true. I did send my dad a birthday card, my mom a birthday card. But other than that, we don't send snail mail. Um, But I remember God telling me one time, go check the mail. Go check the mail. I translated that in my mind. Email. I'm going to check my email. I have 17 email accounts. So I went through them all. Not quite 17, but I do have several. I went through them all. Nothing, 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 nothing. Later that day, God said, Autumn, I want you to go check the mail. Now, we were praying that God would meet a financial need one way. Go check the mail. Autumn, I want you to go check the mail. And I was like, oh, the actual mailbox. Okay. So I went outside and I checked the mail and, and it was not a check. It wasn't a check. It was an opportunity. And that opportunity produced exactly the amount of money that we needed to meet our financial need. Unexpected. It wasn't the way I would have planned it. I was hoping God would do it my way. I was hoping in my human uh, perspective that he would meet my need according to my way. But you know what? He did something so much greater. It blessed us so much more financially than we were actually even praying for. He went above and beyond our need to a surplus. So as I am um, just speaking to you today, and I really do believe that God is using this, is, is, is your mindset today, you know what, God didn't work this way. And I was praying, I was hoping, just like these guys on the road to Emmaus, man, I was really hoping. I was hoping that Jesus would redeem Israel. But you know what? He didn't. And that's really sad. I guess we'll have to look for something. I guess we'll have to look for another way. Is your your perspective, man, we were really hoping God would come through, but he didn't. Or are you saying, you know what, God, you didn't work as the the way I wanted you to work. Forgive me for my short-sightedness and my naivety when it comes to you. I'm still trusting you. I'm still watching you. I'm still expecting from you. Forgive me, Lord. When I put the bondage of my requests and demand them from you the way I see that they should be answered, answer them according to exactly your wisdom. But we were hoping. No. You don't have to hope. You can believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He will do exactly what he says that he will do. Don't be a slave 
to your expectation. I'm going to pray for you guys as we are closing this one out today. I love this story. It vicks me every single time I read it. I typically read it around Easter just to, you know, for it to slap me around a little bit because the truth is just so incredibly rich in this story. So, Lord, I just pray for my followers, for my uh, listeners today, for just, we're just, we're thankful that you do things your way. And when you do, you reveal a greater piece of yourselves to us. Lord, I pray for every need that is uh, logged in today, that has listened in today. Lord, I pray for every single one where um, maybe there are being prayers that are prayed with a bunch of human expectation around them. Lord, I just pray that you would challenge their hearts and say, listen, I'm still with you. I still want to meet that need, but we're going to do things my way. Just trust me. Just trust me. I hear you saying, just trust me. I'm going to work it out. I have the answer to it. It's not your way because your way is not the best answer. Your way is the only thing that you can come up with. We're going to work things out my way. Lord, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that you do have our futures in mind. Lord, when we have a need and you answer them um, for the good of us, for the best of us. God, I just pray for every single person, Lord, that is like, oh, this is so convicting to me right now. I pray that you would calm their heart and say, listen, no judgment. Just trust me the way I'm going to do it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Today, you can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.